there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. We say hi, presented by DraftKings. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Hope you're having a nice start to your week as we get our Tuesday program started. That was pretty fun last night, can't lie. A doubleheader on Monday Night Football with two big dogs picking up dubs. Dustin, you can tell me. I'll get to, of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live from the D in just a second. It feels like 13 and a half, 14 was probably your biggest upset of the year as Tennessee goes to Miami and upsets the Dolphins 28-27. An awesome game, historic towards the end with 240 to play. We'll get into the ramifications for the Dolphins moving forward and what Tennessee saw from a rookie quarterback. You also had, of course, Green Bay needing a win. However, they're not out of it against the Giants and Tommy DeVito, who's been now, all of a sudden, a cultural sensation up in Jersey slash New York, a winner for the Giants. So the Giants, Green Bay, uh, the playoff implications are interesting because they're 6-7 and seven now. The Giants, who have won three straight, are a game back of the Packers and four other teams uh, for that final wild card spot. So in an interesting spot, to say the least, that being... The Giants coming off their 24-22 win over the Green Bay Packers. We'll get to the DeVito effect as that continues. Uh, today's program, a lot to get to. Circus Survivor is down to 13 entries. If you remember, boys, last Tuesday when Adam Burt came on the show, I think we were sitting right around 30-ish. So we said once we cut to 15, I think there's going to be some advanced discussions to start chopping and collude in a good way because there's a lot of money left on the table here. Well, we're down to 13 because seven Packers losers, one Dolphins loser last night. But you know who advances? Adam Burke, our managing editor here at vcin.com, along with his teammate. It is Tuesday, so coming up in about an hour and 58 minutes, Adam Burke will stop by the program. Right now, the implied equity for each ticket is right around $713,000. I did the math with a calculator. That means Adam Burke is holding about $356,000 right now if he were to cash out. So that's implied. We'll have a discussion with Berkey coming up in a bit. Our Pistons watch, boys, continues. They've lost 20 straight, a 131-123 loser to Halliburton and the Pacers. Cade, Ivy, Hayes, Thompson, they all can't shoot, and they've got the 76ers coming to Detroit tomorrow. The Spurs not far behind. They've lost 17 straight. Pretty good. So we say hi to the boys. Uh, outside of that, we've got Randall coming on the show who's been on a heater 
in college basketball tonight. A 11 games on the board. No, excuse me. That was last night. Tonight we've got a full 22. Not necessarily the heaviest as far as college basketball is concerned. Amal Shaw, that's the start. How are we feeling today on a Tuesday? Uh, not so good. I'll tell you what, man. Mike McDaniels, that second half killed me with the Dolphins. Took them, you know, minus four for the second, excuse me, minus seven for the second half, minus four for the game. They get a 14 nothing on two gift drives starting at the 7 and 12 yard line. I mean, you're thinking this one's over. It's in the bank and earning interest. The next thing you know, Will Levis couldn't put a touchdown to drive together in Kentucky and Penn State for four years. Looked like Danny Marino back there going down the field on two drives. What a missed opportunity by the Miami Dolphins last night. Yeah, Levis, your first rookie to pass for 300-plus yards on Monday Night Football. And as you mentioned, don't feel too bad about yourself. That's the first loss by a team. Oh, excuse me, the first win, you can say it either way, by a team that trailed by 14 points with under three minutes to go in regulation since 1976. So records made last night down in Miami. We've talked about it throughout the year. That's a fraudulent Miami team. They were at home. They were comfortable. Don't give me they missed Hill. We'll get into what he means to the team as well. The big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. We do have college transfer news as far as quarterbacks. We have quarterback news out of the NFL. Uh, a big-time quarterback is going to miss the rest of the year, but we say hi to the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. What's up? I had a piggyback there. Team's down 14 with under three minutes to go. We're 0 and 767 since 2016 until the Titans last night. Uh, some other things to uh, update you on from, from your open there. 14-point upset on Monday Night Football. That is the biggest upset since the Jags over the Colts in the 2021 regular season finale and then to touch on Adam Burke I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit here oh. you know normally when when good things happen to people I know who I'm, I consider friends I, I tend to get envy and jealous I am it is rare but very happy for Adam Burke to be in this position and that's not just because I'm hoping to get a loan oh forget the loan Patrick I got a viable solution for those 13 people remaining in Survivor you mentioned the value of the ticket about six hundred fifty seventy thousand dollars Divide up six million, and then the rest play for the three million. So somebody feels like they walked away with a huge pop, but then at the same time, you walked away with a decent amount of money as well. Right? Yeah. I mean, well, so Burke had Cleveland this week. Correct. Man, he had so, to pick his team, and he hates picking his team to get through to this leg. They're about as good of yeah, a play a as anybody guy. this weekend. But he, but also he put that selection in before they knew Lawrence was starting. Yes. So yeah. that was a terrible sweat. But then once the game started, you realized they get, we're, we're in control and then it got tight late. So a nice win using Cleveland. Uh, but if you were the one Dolphins backer last night, Amal had them in the second half there. But the one Dolphins backer, that's as far as survivor, that's about as bad as it gets. And uh, the Packers backers, I, I think... You know, you guys both said it yesterday on the show. It was too much to give. And when we started the show, it was six. Maybe we should start there. Let's start there because the DeVito stuff has taken over. It was six. And then by the time the show started, it was down to five and a half. So some action coming in on the Giants, who all of a sudden, late season push. Here's December, one, three straight. They're five and eight. They're making a playoff push here, boys. The DeVito stuff is crazy. And I, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and sell what I think about this. Like... I know, in, I know in New York, I was talking to a friend earlier today who does radio there, and he said they're going nuts. And I said, you guys must be bored because <laughs> the Giants stink, the Jets stink. So you're coming up with this. And I understand it's a cultural phenomenon, and you love to see the agent looking like a bada-bing, bada-boom, and you love the name DeVito. And if you've ever been to the tri-state, Italian culture is prominent. And I know it's a story, to, a fairy tale story that you want badly to fit a narrative, <laughs> Tommy DeVito is the definition of basic. Am I smoking? Am I crazy? The idea, Dustin, I'm going to get to you second. Let's go to a mall because Dustin is a Giants fan. So maybe he has his Giants colored glasses on, but please help me, Amal. Am I crazy to think that he is a very good backup, but no way a starter? No, I would agree with you completely. Look, we just saw this movie a couple of weeks ago play out in the Twin Cities with Josh Dobbs, right? Everyone got overly excited. You get a couple of victories, and Josh Dobbs is the second coming of who? Another backup quarterback? And that's exactly what Tommy DeVito is. I mean, think about this. This is a team against the Jets, Patrick. In regulation, they would not throw the ball. In overtime, they were only throwing the ball for screen passes because they were so afraid of what he could, couldn't do or could how he would play effectively for that team. 
Look, he had a nice game last night, 17 for 21, but let's not go crazy here. You still have Daniel Jones, not that he's a franchise quarterback, but Dustin, I know you're going to talk about this in a second, but he said it to me this morning. He goes, he's killing our shot at Caleb Williams or Drake May. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Well put. And so that is a good way of getting to the Giants fan here on the program. Look, I understand the five touchdowns, no picks. As Amal mentioned, he's been risk adverse, but there is nothing there. If you're being honest with yourself and evaluating talent, that leads you to believe this is a big-time quarterback moving forward. You have to be realistic, big guy. We, uh, you know, we're floating on this rock in this expansive universe. We don't know the limits of it and what's really out there. And I, I often find myself questioning life and thinking, what's the point? And I often find myself watching the New York Giants lately, watching them win football games and going, what's the point? What are we doing here? Why is he out there? Take him out of the game. He's ruining things. I can't have Tommy DeVito get in the way of me getting Caleb Williams. Here's what I'll say about Tommy DeVito. He's proven he is a backup in the NFL. Whoop-de-freaking-do. There's a lot of dudes out there. Just so happened it's the year of the backup in the NFL. And there's backups starting everywhere across the league right now. He's just one of many that can exist, wear a helmet, and help a starter prepare going forward. He's a little bit more athletic than I anticipated. Fine. I will say this, too. He has exposed Daniel Jones. Because all the issues I had about the weapons and the offensive line, they've seemed to disappears some since Tommy DeVito took over. He is still not a starter. He is still not special. And what he's doing right now in winning football games for the Giants is ruining our chances of getting a franchise quarterback. You can say bye-bye to Caleb Williams. Say bye-bye to Drake May. Say bye-bye to Jaden freaking Daniels. They're not going to be there. You're going to draft an offensive lineman from Arizona at like number six overall this year. You think it's going to fix your problems, but it's not because the team has nothing dynamic at quarterback. They've not been special at quarterback in forever. And Tommy DeVito by himself the last three weeks has ruined my dream of Caleb Williams coming to the Big Apple. He has done more harm to this franchise than Dave Gettleman did. I've been to commencement addresses that were shorter. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, just, I was hoping that Amal would, would celebrate with me my birthday that happened during that. The, um, it's well put. I can't, I can't remember what you said. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> no, just, I'm just Ultimately, so, the point is, Tommy DeVito has set this franchise back further than Dave Gettleman ever did as the GM. He's a worse New York Giant than Ben McAdoo. You started talking about the earth, and I think we actually put, we took another trip around it. during Because yeah. I'm wondering, Wait. what's the point? What's the point but, but, if I got to watch this team look like this again next year? But didn't you kind of say, out of one side of your mouth, Tommy DeVito's not a starter, and now the other side of your mouth, Tommy DeVito's so awesome, he's ruined our season because he's too good? Tommy DeVito is not a starter. I think the thing that he proved most of all is that Daniel Jones is also not a starter because he's doing you, a lot I think that's more a little, without Jones. Don't you think it's a little short-sighted because don't you think once Daniel Jones goes out, I think Dayball and Kafka, the offensive coordinator, don't they shorten up the playbook and run the offense a little bit differently sure. that kind of curtails itself to DeVito? And I think you saw that last night. That's a pretty easy offense to run. Yeah. They're doing things differently. Let's come back and discuss, and we'll get into the Green Bay Packers, who are still in the postseason. The big guy on a roll today. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw. VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network, presented by DraftKings. As we welcome you back, I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. We're talking about two pretty great Monday night football games, to be honest with you. That was pretty entertaining. I know most, most of the conversation was about the lack of staggering as far as the kickoff times. But if you had a second screen going on, you were kind of able to follow along. And I thought like two games that provided a bunch of elements that mattered. We'll get to the playoff picture in just a bit. But entertaining games as well. A couple of notes as we get the program started. Justin Herbert, we talked about big-time quarterback news. He is done for the the year so the Los Angeles Charger quarterback there's no need to play him it makes sense shut him down have surgery on the finger the season's over Brandon Staley will be fired Ben Johnson will be number one on the want list for the Chargers the question is will Eberflus be fired with the Bears because Johnson will be number one that is the offensive coordinator for the Lions so it'll be come down between the Chargers with of course Herbert and what the Bears do at quarterback and the young offensive coordinator. Uh, I made note in my notes last night that Aikman at one point was calling out the officials. Now, I will say the officiating is horrendous, but as a gambling network, unless it's actionable or, or we can use it to build an edge, it's just variance. Like, there's going to be variance with these referees. We all understand they're a disaster. But Aikman, I, I guess people were giving him credit for calling out the officiating. Uh, I I wrote that down as good job on you. Uh, Riley Leonard is the Duke quarterback who is going. I think is going to be a stud pro. Uh, is going to be taking over the reins at Notre Dame next year. So just a few big news and notes. Amal Shaw. So we were talking about along Dustin Sweetelson. We were talking boys uh, about Devito and I. Dustin is a Giants fan, so he's obviously very passionate, and he doesn't want to lose out on a good draft pick. I'll say this, Amal. I think it's almost like what happened with Zach Wilson, where analysis paralysis, where he was just thrown in there against Houston and easily had the best game of his career. I think the pressure was off of him. And I think that happens to a, uh, to us a lot. Like, I know I can over-prepare for a show like this. I think sometimes when you just go in there and let it fly, you have better performances. And I think with Dayball, and we're going to hear from Brian Dayball, the Giants head coach, second year. I, you saw him celebrating. He doesn't like Daniel Jones. We've seen him emasculate him on the sidelines. He was celebrating with DeVito, so obviously there, there's a good relationship there. But I think there's some pressure that's taken off Dayball and the OC when you don't have the big-time quarterback that you just signed to the big extension. You can shorten up the playbook and say, screw it. We lost the big dog anyway. We're out of the postseason unless we go on a crazy run. We've got a guy named Tommy DeVito that has like his family members throwing up whatever that is the whole entire game. Like, I think the pressure is off everybody with the Giants, and that has a lot to do with the three-game winning streak, and that felt like a pretty easy game plan that they were executing last night. That's very long-winded, but do you disagree with anything I'm saying there? 
No, Patrick, I think you summarized it perfectly, and you're absolutely right. The fact that the pressure has been eliminated from this team, they're sitting at, what, 5-8 and eight right now. They're not going to make the postseason. It just is a good opportunity for him to come in. By the way, I thought they utilized Wandell Robinson extremely well last yep. night. Finally, we saw what this kid yeah. could do, right? Like, you look at him and you go, Nebraska didn't use him right. That's why he went to Kentucky, and it was utilized so-so. He's why people thought Will Levis would be a dude. That's exactly right. And, he, yeah, and, and Robinson looked like a dude last night. By the way, Troy Aikman now, all of a sudden that he's getting paid $18 million a year, he is no longer Switzerland, and he has decided to become Vladimir Putin in the booth. He's like, forget the referees. They're terrible. He's coming out. He's finally speaking his mind after only 20 years of the most bland, nonsensical, plain uh, cornflakes we've ever seen in our life. He's criticizing the officials. But I will tell you one thing personally. I am not a big fan of criticism of officials. I think it's one of the toughest jobs. I would say it's like an insurance company or a bank. You don't know how good or bad one is until you run into a problem. It's a tough job. It's not easy to do, and people complain about it from one side or the other all the time. Yep. Look, it's just part of the game. I thought you summarized it perfectly when you said it's just variance. It's going to happen. Sometimes it goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. I thought there were a couple of plays last night. I thought actually DeVito got in on the run for the touchdown. I thought he was in. And then I thought the Dolphins were short on the goal line, but they counted as a touchdown. They didn't review it. So the inconsistencies are there. That's just a part of the game. But big picture with the New York Giants, you're right. I thought you summarized it very well. It seems like there's an affinity with Dayball compared to Tommy DeVito that doesn't necessarily seem to reverberate with that team when Daniel Jones is under center. Well, you have you have family uh, up in the tri-state, and Dustin, you grew up near the tri-state. It, it's almost impossible unless you've been there, and I lived there for a long time to understand what Italian culture means. I'm not doing shtick right now; like it's pretty cool. And there are a lot of the people; it's very familial. The Italian culture is very tight knit. It's very familial. It's what you saw in The Sopranos. It's like keep it in house, keep it in family, and there's a good vibe around it. Like I met a lot of great people when I lived there, and a lot of them, frankly, were Italian Americans. That. There seems to be a push because of the cultural phenomenon to want to anoint. So my friend texted me and he said, well, what if Tommy DeVito was a number one draft pick? And I was like, that's ridiculous. There's a reason he wasn't a number one draft pick. Oh, but uh, Brock, Purdy, Brock Purdy, another example of what Tommy DeVito could be. Brock Purdy's good, but he's playing with, I don't know, three to five Hall of Famers. And Brock, yeah, Brock Purdy is, look, Garoppolo in that offense went to a Super Bowl. So we can, Brock Purdy is in, and Trent Williams was missing and Debo Samuel was missing and Brock Purdy lost three straight. Yeah. That's, pr that's pretty, <laughs> like Brock Purdy is the sum of his parts. Yeah, I, I know, I know. De, DeVito, he's one of us. He's one of us. It, it, that's, uh, yeah, you, you said it better than I could. He's, he's, he's one of them. And it's a season that has just been mired in New York City with the Jets and Giants and drama. And it's a great story. He hasn't passed for an average of 200 yards in his three starts. Okay, it's, let's be realistic. Will Levis, who we, we crushed. And now we've turned the corner a bit. But we're still, I mean, I, I think Will Levis is going to be a very good starter. And we can get to him in just a bit. But he just threw for over 300 yards in a game. So let's be careful. Yeah, and, and I don't think anyone here is saying if a, if a good quarterback happens to be there when the Titans' first pick pops up, wouldn't talk them out of drafting a quarterback in the first round next year based on what we've seen from Will Levis. And he's coming off a historic win last night. But your point about Dayball liking Tommy DeVito, there is something there. Jones has definitely frustrated him. I'd also say that the the plays, the playbook they ran a year ago, which got them to the postseason against an easy schedule, was more similar to what DeVito's been running. It feels like when things got a little bit more complex after, you know, an offseason in this system, that's when Daniel Jones really stalled out as a starter and then got hurt, so we don't know what he would have been. Uh, but let's hear from Dable. This is the first clip from Dayball last night after the win talking about his backup, now starting quarterback, Tommy DeVito. Third game of over 100 quarterback rating. Made good decisions, took care of the ball, use him in the run game, um, just keep developing him. He's, he's improving, still got stuff to work on, but like I said two, three times last week, I think he's a, a young player that's you know, doing the right things. Making the most of his opportunity, earned the right to play today, and he earned the right to play um, the next week. You know, he's kid's done a good job. So okay, no time hard to hear, but he he was basically saying he did a good job, yeah. right? And he said he earned the right to start next week. This is a this is a better clip. 
This is what their conversation was before that game-winning drive at the end. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. He keeps his composure. There was really nothing. Here's a couple plays we like. Go out there and rip that son. Pretty simple. Okay. <laughs> Dave Ball's kind of a buster. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I go back. I don't and know. Forth. I go back and forth on him because I, yeah, that was that was that that he's just I don't know. But trying you, a little let, hard there. Let's let's remember how people act at their lowest when things were really bad. He was kind of rude to the media, didn't yeah. give them answers, super standoffish, kind of arrogant, didn't think he needed to answer some of their questions. Now they've won three in a row against three horrendous teams, and all of a sudden he wants to be charming and fun and have a good time. I don't really like that out of people as the leader of my franchise. Like, it's one thing about Bill. Bill Belichick's miserable whether they win or lose. you got to give him credit on that. Brian Dayball <laughs> yes. be, being a guy who's super enthusiastic after they win and super down and rude after they lose, kind of a bad character review. I, I like what you said there, and I agree with you completely in terms of how he is with the media. Don't be that guy who's a front runner. Patrick, you talked about this with Sean McVay a couple of weeks ago. The one thing you got to give McVay credit, you can't tell by his disposition at the podium. Obviously, he might be a little bit more jovial if they're winning, but he's still always very cordial and respectful. And those people in there have a job to do as well. So I, I like what you both said about Belichick. You couldn't even tell if this guy, this guy looks like every time Belichick's at the podium, he's facing a 20-year jail sentence. You know who I'll, I'll use an example you'll like, Amal, and maybe for those that grew up during the poker boom with Moneymaker right around 03, Phil Ivey's a name that you should know. He's probably the greatest of all time. He, he, his demeanor when he won a big pot or he lost a big pot, so whether he scooped or got booted out of a tournament, he legitimately never changed. He'd say, like, good hand, good game. Like, nothing changed about him. And I think that's what Dustin's alluding to. Like, you want the consistency. Not from to be the confused with Phil Hellmuth. Who's the no, no, he, <laughs> Hellmuth a little different. He's a little mercur mercurial, just to use a word that probably would be apt for him. Okay, let's come back. NFC picture as far as the postseason and more from LaFleur and the Packers. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Total wine, spirits, beer, and more. Lowest prices for over 30 years. Find what you love and love what you find. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21 years or older. We're back here, Sharp Money. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live downtown Las Vegas at the D. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Uh, Reggie and the crew. Uh, producing the show today. We appreciate that. Directing as well. Uh, a lot to do. One thing, we were just talking about the cultural significance of the rodeo in Las Vegas. What I find the most fascinating about Las Vegas, and I just spent three years there, and you guys obviously still reside in Las Vegas. I would say I can't imagine a city and then a state being more unique where the juxtaposition the rest of the state of Nevada, which as far as landmass wise, right? Just as far as just land is one of our biggest in the country. Seventh it in, has seventh, to be. Seventh in America. Sep well, thank you. Seventh in America. Nice little trivia there. So there, but if you think about it, like just what Vegas is in Paradise County, I believe that's what it's called. What Vegas is. And then the rest of the state. Is there anything like it across the 50 states in our country where you have legitimately a place that is just lit, literally and figuratively, like people are going crazy and there's lights everywhere, and then you just drive out of there and it's just barren and a different culture? Can I give you one? It's not quite a different sure. culture. It's not quite as drastic, but I think people sleep on the fact that New York City is this big on the map. And the state of New York is like this big on the map. And you could drive through the middle of the state of New York. And if I told you you were in Mississippi without speaking to someone, you wouldn't know the difference. But you get to Schenectady, you get to Albany, yeah. you get to Syracuse, you get to big That's cities. Fair. Rochester, Buffalo, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing Rochester, here. Buffalo, there's, there's big-ass cities. So, you're right. It's a beautiful, I mean, it's a beautiful state, New York. But think about outside of New York, outside of Vegas. Can you think of anything, Amal? I, I can't. And you make a great point when you think about it. So I just looked up right now the population of the state of Nevada is 3.145 million people. The population here in Clark County is about 2.6 million people. 80% of the state resides in wow. one area. Well, how much of the other land in the state is, I'm going to say the word, 
Habitable? Is that the Inhibitable? Inhibitable? No, you just made me say it wrong. Inhabitable. Habitable. Inhabitable. <laughs> That's, but, but, you, but you just, you, you, tr you outlined the true definition of the 80-20 rule. Yeah, Like 80%. Exactly. I said paradise, but it's, of course, Clark. But, but it's, it's also jarring when you fly into it because you can see the lights of Vegas from way off in the distance, and that is a big state that is just dark the rest of the way. It's a fascinating state to drive through because it can be scary. It's I've, gorgeous, you, you but it can drove, be scary. You've driven through. Have you ever just driven through? I've never Nevada? really left this area other than here to yeah. L.A. That's I've, it? No, I don't count Interstate 15 going to Salt Lake. So you mean north? No, 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 no. But I've taken off the, uh, onto weird roads before, and it's just it's it's such an interesting. Did you place actually? To drive this around. is a dumb question, but did you actually run out of road somewhere? Because I feel like where are these roads <laughs> <Just> going to? <laughs> I mean, no, no, it, damn, and that was fascinating. Like if you go north of Reno. You're getting into some weird territory. Like, it's starting to get odd. Well, there. you know, the, there are counties that have a populace of, like, two, 300 people in this state. Counties that two, 300 people. Yes. And you guys want to know my obsession with it? I love the show Dateline and 48, 48 Hours Mystery. You know, those shows where, <laughs> hey, somebody got killed. Let's figure this out. But it's real. It's not like Law & Order. So there was a small town up in Vegas where one of those mysteries happened. And one day I was just like, I'm getting in the whip and I'm driving and I'm finding this town. And I do, to Amal's point, I feel like I ran out of road. It was just me and Jeezy riding shotgun. And we're like, we're going to solve the mystery. You're, you're, and I don't think I, I never even came close to making it. It was supposed either, to be two hours away. You'll either run out of road or run into an alien. Those are the only two possible things. Like, Or the, the hills have eyes, people. And that, that's one of those rules where I used to have, when I used to drive a lot, you, a quarter, as soon as you get a quarter mile in the gas tank, start looking for a gas station. So you probably have about a 60 to 75 mile lead time. <laughs> you might be in trouble on that one if you use that rule of thumb. As soon as you get to half a tank, you better start yeah, looking. Yeah, you just go, oh, there's a gas station by. Well put some in. By, by the way, real quick on the uh, Dateline and the 48 hours thing, I know it's not going to come as a surprise to you guys. I would always do this. If it comes on, I'd read the info, and then I would Google it to see if the story was interesting, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to waste 45 minutes on this one. Uh, they didn't end up doing jail time. I'm out. Uh, boys, yeah, we, we, a, we have breaking news that we obsession. need to discuss on the show. We, we don't often do remotes. Getting Patrick to go somewhere is usually a big task. Uh, but next year, the, uh, Look it up. The, the NFL is having a game in a place where I think it's necessary to take the show on the road. Uh, they signed a deal, according to someone named Dan LaCal. The reason you don't know him is because he's from this country. The NFL will have a game in 2024 in the country of Brazil. Well, it depends on what Whoa. city before I sign up on that one. Uh, I'm um. already changing my Tinder location now. <laughs> I will go. I will crawl to Brazil, if you know what I'm saying. Like, I, will, I will literally start crawling now, and I'll meet you in Brazil is, for that is NFL it, is game. Is it in Rio? Because Kulo uh, Arena Mariqua. Corinthians Arena. Let's see where that is. I know that because I know the soccer team. I've been on the soccer team a million times. That is it. They literally fight okay. during the games there. Sao anyway. Paulo a good city? Sao Paulo is uh, hey, just, good just is make sure you weird way to frame it. <laughs> He's right on that. <laughs> like I would say, I would say, keep your head on a swivel, like Rob Woodson's coming. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? That's <laughs> or a maybe great line. Lott. That's great. Right, I'll bring my neck roll. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Remember when Barry's well, I, this, I've never taken us off track more than this. We've been talking about the rodeo, Nevada, and now Sao Paulo. But remember when Barry Sanders literally juked Rod Woodson so hard he broke his leg? You guys yes. remember that? Yes. If not, if YouTube it. Still literally out in the flat, juked him, and Rod Woodson left with a broken leg. So that's Barry Sanders for you kids. Who, who was the Barry kid from the played. Patriots? He did, he did a 3-6. I mean, the kid turned around. He didn't even know where he was. Oh, that was the best. Um, playoff picture, NFC, because let's get to the Packers here. So one seed right now, 49ers. They have the head-to-head tiebreak over both Dallas and Philly. Good to know. They're 10-3. and three. The Cowboys are 10-3. and three. They own the tiebreak over Philly. Uh, one more win in the NFC East. What's up, Goulet? Number three right now, the nine and four Lions. Okay, so the Lions, their NFC North lead doesn't look as secure as it used to. The four seed right now, they'd host a playoff game. The Buccaneers at six and seven. They own the tie breaks over the Saints and the Falcons. 
Uh, your five seed, your number one wild card, of course, the Eagles at 10 and three. So whoever doesn't win the NFC East is well positioned to be a road favorite over whoever wins the NFC South. I'm just giving you the big picture here. The Vikings are six. Uh, somehow, no Cousins, no Jefferson, but they're still in playoff position. And the Packers, who lost last night, are six and seven. Uh, but their loss to the Giants, that hurts. But the Packers still have the head-to-head tiebreak over the Rams and the conference record tiebreak over the Falcons. Okay. Um, just when we started Jock and Love, he was off last night. Not terrible, but obviously didn't play as well as he had on that nice little three-game run. And um, what was the main takeaway if you were to point to one thing here with the Packers boys? For me, it's Jordan Love and not as a criticism, but I think he's a solid quarterback. But there were some throws last night I thought he's never going to be elite. There was a throw. They ended up scoring on that drive late in the game. But if he led the receivers a little bit more, it just seems like he doesn't have that consistency. You know, I know they didn't have Watson in the lineup last night, but I think he's a solid quarterback, but I don't think he's the heir apparent to what we saw to Favre and Rodgers going forward for the last three decades for the Green Bay Packers. Look, they've got an opportunity when you look at their schedule, Buccaneers, Panthers, Vikings, and Bears. There's no reason Green Bay can't win the final four games and wind up uh, with a 10-7 and record and make the postseason. But that's the thing with this team. They've surprised us in Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. They beat Kansas City. And now you've got a great opportunity on the road against the New York Giants and Tommy DeVito starting. Patrick, if I told you before the season in week 13, you're going to play Tommy DeVito in Giants Stadium, you say, where can I sign up for that immediately, please? Absolutely. The Rams, by the way, boys, are going to be kicking themselves for losing that lead late in Baltimore and losing on a punt return for a touchdown in overtime because they'd be sitting in the postseason right now. Dustin, what do you got for me? Yeah, look, I'm not going to be too hard on Jordan Love. He's on the road. He was down his favorite weapon in Christian Watson. He didn't have his running back, Aaron Jones, who he hasn't had for a few weeks now. But I also think, like, this is the sign of how you – quarterbacks succeeding in the NFL once there's film on what you're doing and and being successful teams are going to adjust and how do you adjust to those adjustments that was the issue yesterday on the road prime time there was a lot going on there I'm not going to be too hard but I do agree with them all in the sense that I I've started looking at quarterbacks as a binary thing do I think they have it in them to win a Super Bowl one day or do they not and it's one or the other. I lean Jordan Love as a guy that cannot win a Super Bowl one day. Therefore, I would move on from him at some point. Does he have it in him? I'll tell you what Will Levis had in him. All the pre-workout that exists on the planet because he was on something. I mean it. Like, okay, let me be clear so I don't get in trouble. He was fired up. Yeah. He also is in danger. Obviously, the guy's jacked, but he almost seems to be one of those people that could just work himself out of the league, right? Like, there's, uh, there's something there that is an obsession with working out, and it's going to get in the way eventually. And he was absolutely redlining that whole entire game, but very impressive. When we come back, let's discuss a historic loss by the Miami Dolphins and some reason to believe for the Titans. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, bet $5, get $150 in bonus bets instantly at DraftKings for new customers when you use the promo code SHARP, S H A R P. Again, download the DraftKings app. Five bucks gets you $150 with the promo code SHARP. No sweat, same game parlay every day for every better at DraftKings. The crown is yours. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. We got you back here on Sharp Money. Our buddy Mike Randall coming up at the top of the hour. Adam Burke, one of 13 contestants remaining in Circa Survivor, uh, is going to join us for a Berkey Tuesday. So he's sitting on it, man. This is, uh, it's coming to that time where we'll see if he's nervous or if he's kind of got the same flatline energy coming up. One of our listeners or or viewers of sharp money and congratulations i don't want to give the name away the big guy didn't uh tell me may may join us on the show because one of our viewers is also one of the 13 contestants remaining oh that's awesome Uh, the big guy got a dm so people in a good sitting in a good spot because that is a big ticket you're holding on to as we get closer to figure out how they're going to handle coming down the stretch there in circus survivor okay so we mentioned the Dolphins who snapped a three-game win streak. Uh, they lost to the Titans 28-27 in improbable ways. Now, 2.40 to go, Levis to Hopkins, touchdown. They're down eight. Instead of kicking the extra point there, Rabel goes for two. He gets it. The Dolphins then go three and out, and it took about 26 seconds. Next thing you know, it's 28-27. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry, a touchdown, 64-yard, four-play drive, where Levis had a couple of beautiful throws. That was, it was a fascinating game. I, I know I'm all on the second half and on the losing side, but you could take a lot from it. You know, the Hill conversation, I know Lombardi's constantly talking about that he's the best wide receiver in football, and he missed portions of this game. And you saw Tua, Tua, I wrote down Tua a dud. Tua didn't look great. He looked like he was kind of moving in mud more than usual. Let's start with the takeaways yesterday with the Dolphins losing 28-27 to the Titans. Well, you know, to me, when you look at this team, you mentioned it, Patrick. I thought that was a great assessment of how Tua looked. He just didn't look comfortable in the pocket last night. I didn't like a lot of their play calling. The second down when they were trying to run the clock out, they go straight up the middle. I don't think they re- – I don't recall them running just a – basically a dive play in any situation throughout the game. They were much more effective on the perimeter, especially with the speed that you have there with their tailbacks. And then also, to me, the ineptitude down at the goal line. I mean, just the inability to score. Now, they did get two touchdowns on a drive that started at the 7 and the 12-yard line. But remember, they were aided by the Titans being offsides on one of those plays. So that helped immensely. I, I didn't like it. They didn't look aggressive. And by the way, Patrick, one thing I want to vent on real quick. On the Third down play where they look like they got out of bounds and the official, the side judge says out of bounds and another one comes in and overrules it. That can't happen because now the team is unaware of what the situation is. I don't think Miami really realized that the clock was moving immediately and they were kind of moving back to the huddle slowly. It's got to be decisive. You, if you say the clock is stopped, then the clock has to be stopped. It can't be one where you overturn it and then you change the dynamic of how a team approaches, especially with a fourth down coming up there. They I totally agree. And don't, didn't you think that they kind of were treating, I think the announcers were talking about it too. It's kind of a lethargic. 100%. End of the game for them. Like there was no immediacy, no sense of urgency. Um, I don't know what McDaniel is, D- Dustin, because I, I know you're a big fan of McDaniel. Yeah. I, I'm not sure 
he, he's kind of got that vibe where he's literally just studying the play sheet the whole entire time. I, I don't know what type of head coach he was. Um, but if the call, play calling is not going well, he, he hinders this team. And yesterday there was something off. So the, the vibe I get is the Miami Dolphins are very good when all their scouting and their game planning works right away. When they have to make adjustments based on how the game is going and the game flow and what they're seeing, and they're kind of put on their heels, they don't know how to act. But they, they know how when, when they've got things right and they've got a team figured out, they know how to pile it on them. But when you have someone like Mike Vrabel on the other sideline, who probably has a much limited offensive game plan and idea of what he wants to do with a rookie quarterback you know, on the road, uh, I think Mike Vrabel's waiting for opportunities to adjust on the fly. It's kind of like in-game wagering for Mike, Mike Vrabel. He's not betting pre-flop. He's going to bet once we start going here, whereas McDaniel, he, if, if he doesn't have a good read on things ahead of time, things don't work out for them. And that's where coaching is the key. You can be a good coordinator, come up with a good game plan, like that's the only thing you're doing, but coaching is about adjusting in-game as much as it is the week preparing leading up to the game. I but, you know, to me, guys, if you don't look at the records of the teams and you don't know Tennessee's coming in uh, having struggled all year long, you think the Dolphins are probably about a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite. And as much as their offense was inept, I don't know if they had the certain rule defensively that they couldn't get within five yards of DeAndre Hopkins unless he drags you down on a play to make the catch. Yeah, he was uh, – it's, it's so odd still to this day that he picked the Titans. Yeah because he can offer so much more than I presumed at this point in his career, and it's on a team that expectations weren't necessarily there. You got something from McDaniels for me here? Uh, yeah, let's go. My, well, you want to hear from Will Levis first? Sure. Your boy, who likes to put his shoulder down and run over linebackers. Uh, he He's really, wild, he, man. He, you know what? he really wants Ryan Tannehill to get one last shot at the job <laughs> in Tennessee. Uh, this is Will Levis talking about winning things on that final drive. Just trusting what I'm seeing, um, trusting our guys being in the right spots and just, you know, throwing it to the open guy. And it's, sometimes it's as simple as that. And our guys held up up front, felt, didn't feel any pressure for the most part. And um, when that happens and we have time and, 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 and dudes are in the right spots, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And that's what happened on those two drives. He's got a there was, uh, there was one in particular. It had nothing to do with throwing the football. Miami had scored, and it was like third down – and Chubb missed a sack. You guys remember exactly what I'm talking about, where Chubb First threw his half. helmet. Yep. Yeah. Levis got away from Chubb, and then I think ran for a first down there or something, turned it into something positive, and yep. I was, like, way impressed by him in that yep. spot right there. Miami, I'm glad you brought up the pass rush. Miami really missed Jalen Phillips last night. Oh, like, well, it, was ex it was exposed well, just how important he was to getting a push. People forget. Go back to Jalen Phillips from Southern California. He was number one recruit coming out of high school in the country. He goes to UCLA, doesn't have a great career, ends up transferring to Miami. What's that? Got hurt a lot. Yeah, that was the problem. He was a stud, gets in the first round. He is a difference maker for that team. But your point, Patrick, on that, go back to that Bradley Chubb play. This was a crucial play in the football game. They missed a sack on Levis at the 40-yard line. He breaks the tackle. Now, granted, it was third down. He didn't get the first down, but he winds up in a situation where it becomes a 42-yard field goal. And yeah, then right. Bradley Chubb's reaction allows it to become a first and that's 10 right. at the 10-yard line. And that turned into a four-point play. That was huge. I don't understand how Bradley Chubb can make that mistake. I can appreciate your frustration, and it's good that you have your passion for the game and you want to do well, but you cannot be detrimental to your team's ability to win. You know, guys, that loss last night was so huge because, remember, they play the Ravens. Had they, beaten, had they won this football game and then they beat Baltimore when they play, they would be the one seed in the AFC. Now they can still beat Baltimore, but they got to navigate the Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills. It's not going to be an easy path to be in the one seed. Uh, real quick, some stats on the one seed. Three teams in the mix right now. Got this from ESPN Analytics. The Ravens have a 55% chance of being the one seed. They have the second hardest remaining strength of schedule in football. The Dolphins are second at 20%. They have the hardest remaining strength of schedule. And the third team in the mix for the AFC one seed is the Chiefs. Only a 16% chance of getting it, but the 22nd remaining strength schedule. Yeah, because right now you've got the Ravens 1, the Dolphins 2, commanding lead in the AFC East. The Chiefs, they've got the head-to-head tiebreak over the Jags, and the Jags are your division leader. The Texans are in their rear view in the AFC South now with the loss to the Jets. 
Wild cards AFC. The Browns are five. The Browns just lost Jedrick Wills Jr., their left tackle, for the rest of the year. That's huge. The hits keep coming for them. My goodness. Uh, the Steelers are six. Gross. They own the common uh, games tiebreaker with the Colts, the conference game tiebreaker with the Bills and Broncos, and the head-to-head tiebreak with the Bengals. The Colts are sitting seven and final wild card spot right now. Indianapolis has the head-to-head tiebreak over Houston and the conference record tiebreaker over Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Denver. So that's it right now. Browns, Steelers, Colts, your wild card teams. Patrick, I want to go back to the Dolphins very quickly. They have a two-game lead on Buffalo right now, but Buffalo's got the Cowboys at home, and then they're at the Chargers, Patriots, and then at Miami. The Dolphins' schedule is tough. The Jets this week, now Wilson played better, but you know it's still a good Jets defense. And The way this uh, Dolphins offense looked, if they look like this against the Jets, they're in serious trouble. Then you have the Dallas Cowboys coming in. You're at Baltimore, and then you close out with the Buffalo Bills. I'm telling you, this loss could be the reason they end up squandering the AFC East and going from a potential one seed to winding up as the five seed in the AFC. That means you've got to go on the road probably to Jacksonville or Kansas City. Yeah, it's a brutal loss. You're right. Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. The brutal stretch to close out the year for the Dolphins, who are sitting 9-4. and four. When we return here on Chart Money, Mike Randall, FTN, does a great job. Loves college hoops, loves the NFL, and he's got plenty of picks coming up. Then we've got Adam Burke, left in Circus Survivor, our managing editor over at vcin.com. Sharp Money. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 